The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Comedian Emma Dorn is with me. Uh, Emma, how are you? I'm good. Um, I just had a, uh, an outbreak of head lice. Oh my! In my you, house, you personally? Yeah, I got it. Oh wow! Just okay. Thought I'd tell you now. So I move this microphone. Yeah, so a we had further away. We had my son's birthday party, so I had to go into the WhatsApp group and say thanks for coming, generous presents. By the way, check for the headlights. Oh no! So now I'm saying on the radio, if you've seen me in the last few days, check for the headlights. Oh no! Uh, yes. Do you know where he got it? Who was the typhoid Mary? Someone in school. Someone, someone else. It wasn't. Yeah. It certainly wasn't us. Oh yeah, no, it never is. Yeah, I think it was um, the kid with the you know the new wave Irish name that no one's ever heard of. Oh right, like Fiadani oh, Yeah, okay, it was that kid, like that. that kid. Yeah. So how did you notice on the pillow in the hair scratching? In the hair scratching, and then discovered. Oh, it's grim, isn't it? So you Very got grim. the old the comb. The shampoo, Comb, the shampoo, all of that. Yeah, kids are screaming. There's a raggedy. Yes. What are you doing to me? Yes. Did you have to do it to your own hair then as well? Yeah, I, that's what I'm telling you. I had it. Oh no, we all had it. You all got headlights. <laughs> yes, oh, we all had it. What's it like? Horrible. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you now. Oh god, check your yes. hair after this. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I know. I'm kind of going thin on top a little bit. Maybe that'll be a are welcome. You? Yeah, slight solar panel. Would you guess? Would you go to? Turkey. Uh, no, there. a friend of mine though is mad to go to Turkey. Yeah, mad to go to Turkey. Now to get he's the quite hair. bald. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I you should do I it would. now. No? Yeah, I know. Well, like, it's but what if I get see my baldness is progressing from the back, so it's like a okay. solar panel. And yeah. You can. If see I it. go now, uh, yeah. will I have a will Will it keep progressing, and then I will end up with just a tuft of hair that has been transplanted at the back <laughs> of my head of and the rest of my head bald. <laughs> Like the opposite to an old monk. Yeah, that could be a great look. It would be an unusual look. Yeah. Kind of an extreme top knot. No, I don't think I would. I don't think I would. Yeah. Okay. I'd get the teeth done. Would you? Yeah, purely to watch people ignore that I've had the teeth done. Oh, yeah. You know that thing of like, you've got these fluorescent teeth. And they're like, you're looking well. And they're dying to ask you. Are you in Turkey to get your teeth done? Yeah. Are we getting to the stage, though, where it's so ubiquitous now? People are a little more open about asking, aren't they? Do you think? I think they are, yeah. Maybe it depends. I had a colleague here who claimed type. that her teeth were as white as they were. And I mean, they were like snow on the top of the eiger. That's how white they were. Glow and dark. she claimed that um, she, her father had very white teeth and she just inherited them. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That old chest. Yeah, but I, I think we're past the point you have to do that. I think I don't think... I think you can just say I've whitened my teeth, can't you? Oh yeah, I would whiten my teeth or if I got Botox, I would tell people I've gotten Botox. If would some, you get it? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. So if somebody says, you're looking well, I just go, I've got Botox because I feel guilty. You keep going back though, don't you? Is that the thing? It only yeah. answer, I thought it kind of it would do you for life. No. No. no, that's the whole thing. That's how they get you. Yeah, yeah. and then you're in. It's the subscription model, basically. Yeah, you You've signed up. To, you have to keep going back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we've kind of gone down a bit of a rabbit Sorry, hole. Yeah. Go on. Um, what were we I'm, to say? I'm big into shameless plugs. Okay. Uh, yes. On this show, so you do have something coming up. I do. I'm doing beyond. Do you know the pale. any of the details? Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Hang on. A, I don't Emma, Hang so. on a second. <laughs> I'm doing beyond the pale. Okay. Festival. I was a bit scorpy because I was like, oh, they didn't ask me last year, but they didn't have comedy last year. Oh, I so see. So that's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah. So I am playing on the Sunday and the tickets have just gone on sale. They've they've just released like a limited amount. 
and um, yeah, so there's going to be comedy, there's going to be music. Grace Jones. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know she did gigs, but she's going to be there. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of, it's like a festival that's kind of grown legs just by word of mouth, you know, bef- which is kind of the best way to, mm. to do it. So it, it uh, I'm looking forward to it. It sounds like a very uh, grown up but fun festival. And um, luck. What is the story of this Graham Norton thing as well? Oh, yeah. So I am in a, it's for Prime Video. So Graham Norton is the presenter. And then it's myself and nine other comedians. And we're all in a room. And um, it's like reality TV setup. Like there's mirrors and okay. the cameras are behind it, which I didn't cop at first because like, I started cleaning my teeth. And I was like, oh, my God, there's oh, cameras yeah. behind that. And we all have to try and make each other laugh without laughing ourselves. Oh, very good. Yeah. So very hard. And round in a circle, you do this. And then people no, get we're eliminated? Just, yeah, no, we're just in um, a room and you can do different things. There's a stage as well. You can get onto the stage and do things. And there's so cameras. physical comedy. You can oh, whatever you want. a banana skin. Yeah, you whatever you want. And there's cameras everywhere. So they uh, there's people backstage watching you to okay. see. Like, it's not even a laugh. It's a smile. Oh, right. A oh, grin. Right. Yes. Anything. Yeah. Would you, are, are you good at that? Some comedian, you know, very deadpan. I am deadpan, but what I found difficult was the whole thing of trying to make somebody laugh, but being deadpan. So yeah. I feel like to not laugh or to make someone laugh on their own is fine, but to do the both at the same time. It was really, really good fun, but uh, really difficult. And you don't know until you go in if you're going to be any good at it or not. Because, uh, you know... Sometimes you find yourself sometimes smiling along or laughing at a joke that you don't get because we're kind yeah. of gregarious, you see. Isn't it? A, it's just a natural thing. It's when a you total, see smiling, it's a total natural smile. thing. It's like yawning. Yeah, or if somebody says hello to you, you your automatic reaction is to smile. Or even like before um, the show, you know, like when someone goes, let's take a picture, your automatic thing is to smile. I was like, oh, that's a good thing. Maybe if you got people to stand in for a picture, like a fake picture, maybe they might smile. But I, like there was parts of it where I couldn't even tell what my face was doing anymore. Oh, right. You know, okay. because like when yeah. you, like even the thing of like like that, you're at a bus stop and should have got more Botox. You. If you got enough, <laughs> it's just more like face, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but even like if you someone at a bus stop, who was banging on to you about like, oh, the, you know, oh, the government needs to do more about this. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah each smile, to their own, yeah. whatever. You just smile. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it should be. I'm dying to see it myself. I have no okay. idea what happened. And is there a prize at the end of it? So the winner uh, gets 50,000 euro that they can donate to charity. They can donate to charity. No, they have to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. OK. Yeah, yeah, they have to. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so going back then to the the thing in Glendalock, are you someone yeah. then who's more? Do you you know the way some comedians of the process and others the performance? Okay, yeah. Which would which camp are you in? I mean, do you like kind of constructing the the show, putting it together, the creative process, or is it actually being up there with people laughing back at you? Uh, I think yeah, it's actually being up there. Or even I think sometimes there's only there's certain things I'll I'll prepare for things and then I just go. Oh, I'll wait until I'm there because you, there's only certain things you can tell how they're going to go when you're in it live because the audience have to tell you whether it's funny or not. So I prepare to a certain point mm. and then I get bored. And <laughs> I'm being honest. So then does that, 
I mean, the fact that you're, it's performance. Were you always a performer in school and everything? Um, yes and no. I was actually quite quiet when I was younger because I had delayed speech. So I couldn't, anytime I spoke, nobody know, knew what I was saying. How um, delayed? Like, what do you mean how delayed? <laughs> Sorry, like as in what age could I, could someone understand you? <laughs> like say, <laughs> if you were in junior infants with me, you wouldn't have really, you'd been getting every like second word. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no. It was very, like, yeah, the speech was very delayed. So I was quiet for a long time in school and I was dying to perform. And I would have been a performer at home. And then gradually as school went on and stuff, I became a performer. But I wasn't like a Billy Barry kid. I would have been jealous of Billy Barry kids. You wanted to be a Billy Barry kid. Desperately. But didn't want to admit that I wanted to be a Billy Barry because Billy Barry kids have notions. Yeah. So you can't say you want to be a Billy Barry, but you want to. Okay. Would you have been slagged at home? You'd acknowledged yes. a desire to be a Billy Barry kid. Probably, like I've two older brothers, mm. you know, so we would have watched the Billy Barry's like, oh God, Billy Barry's spit on that. But secretly inside, I was like, I'd love to do Yeah, that. would have been a dereliction of duty on their behalf had they not slagged you. Uh, they had to slag me. I mean, I remember the first time I put a poster up on my wall and they slagged me for like three months. You know, like that's the job of an older brother to slag you. So it was a secret desire to be a performer that you harboured. Yes. yes, definitely. And even in most school plays, I was a tree. Oh yeah, a bush chorus. <laughs> I was I was in the chorus too. It's okay. I, I was, was so, I was kid, I yeah. was such a a, a piece piece of the background that um we did this musical with the girls' school and transition. Oh yeah, we did and that. Yeah. Myself and my friend would do this thing where we would try and stay in the green room for as long as we could before our. Oh, you yeah. know, kind of a yes. game of chicken. And eventually we got to the point that we would just out-chickened each other and we stayed in the green room and nobody noticed that we were missing from stage. Like the, the play went on it. regardless. And we just sat downstairs oh, and we realised that we are just, we are quite literally surplus to requirements. Yeah, we, d- we I went to an all-girls secondary school and we did Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat oh, yeah. for fourth year. All-girls school, all-male parts. And I was one of the brothers you know, who comes in and says one line. but <laughs> Can you remember the line? No, but we all wore uh, beards. Oh, I, I yeah. mean, it's kind of odd now. Why was a girl's school doing Joseph? But we had, we didn't do with the boys' school either. And we had a band play music and it was the Coronas. No way. Yeah, it was, was the it? Coronas. So the four Coronas had their pick of a hundred girls. Oh, some damage was done. Yeah, so that's where their that's where their <laughs> rock and roll started. Uh, <laughs> this is the life for yeah, us, yeah, lads. Yeah, um, let's get a band. So, did you put on a deep voice when you had to deliver your line, as well as your beard? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we were all encouraged <laughs> yeah, to yeah. try and be as manly as possible. Yeah, very method acting. I don't know what was going on in that school. Very odd. Yeah. So when then did you come out as a performer, as it were, if it was a secret desire? Um, I. I think it was probably, it probably wasn't until after college. Like, so when I went to college, I did a kind of like a immediate adjacent thing. I thought like, oh, if I go behind the scenes on something, I'll, uh, somebody will ask me to do something. Because, you know, I always read um, interviews with famous people and the whole, they would all say, oh, I just fell into it. Oh, yeah. I just you know, and it. they were always like discovered. And I was like, oh, OK, that's the way you have to go about it. You have to be like behind the scenes and then somebody will usher you in like, hey, you get in front of the camera. Yeah. Like a big hole. If you just linger yeah. around the edges, eventually you'll fall into it. Which is kind of true, though, yeah. in a way. But I suppose it's kind of a long way to do it. But probably after, yeah, after college, I was like, oh, I'm going to start doing stuff. So I started doing like bits of 
community radio and bits of uh, like acting, but I'll say that in inverted commas. Uh, yeah, so I started then and I thought obviously at that time I was incredibly old. Like I was in my, I've, I've probably left too late. Like, okay. like I started, I, st- I did my first stand-up gig when I was 29. In my head I was like, this is kind of pushing it now. Really? Yeah. And is it though? I would imagine a lot of people maybe don't get the courage to do it until they're a bit older. I would say a lot of people will do it in their, when they're in college, in their 20s. I would say, yeah, there's less people who start at maybe like 29, 30. But I think when people start it later, they're usually, just even from watching people start myself, they're usually better. Like they've thought about it for longer. Yeah. And they'll, uh, if they're good, they'll probably hit the ground running faster. Yeah. You know. And when you first got up on stage, where was the first gig? So my first gig was in the Hapney Bridge um, Inn in Temple Bar. Yeah. Because uh, I basically Googled, like everyone does for everything, where to do stand-up and where you do an open mic. And the night was called Battle of the Axe. And I um, emailed them and booked a slot and I thought like, oh, Battle of the Axe. I was like, wow, like that's, uh, I thought it was like eight mile. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so hardcore. <laughs> thought, wow. Wow. And then I went the week before. So I was actually on maternity leave. That's when I was like, do you know what? It's time to do something. Because I already had my daughter. And I was like, when you have a kid, especially, I was like, time just flies away. So I went the week before to see what it was like. And I couldn't believe how generous the audience were, how nice they were to people who, like, now there was good people on as well, but there was people on that were absolutely dire. Yeah. And people would listen to them and everything and no one's like throwing cabbages up or whatever. So I was like, oh, I'll be grand. I can totally do this. So I felt better after going to see like proper open mic night when there's like, you know, 10 people on or whatever. Okay. So you could say to yourself, right, worst case scenario, I bomb, but no one's going to boo me. They'll give me a nice round of applause and at least I've tried it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. I said, even if it goes really, really badly, no one's going to like take me off stage or start like shouting stuff up at me or whatever. I was like, I'll be able, I'll be able to get some sort of joke going. I, that's what I thought. So, um, yeah, I did that. And it obviously um, went well. Yeah, I think I won, they used to have a competition like the Rubber Duck or something and I won that. It's like an audience vote and then that was it. I had I didn't stop since that. I just kept signing up to them. And like how long before you would have described yourself to people? Oh, yeah, that's a very good question. a comedian? Stand well, up. when you first start and you're doing open mics, you don't get paid. Okay. So you do like seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to describe yourself as a comedian. Yeah, so you don't say it for a good <laughs> you just, while. You just you just go to Joe pubs and tell jokes. Yeah, so yeah. you're doing like kind of seven minute sets or ten minute sets, and then you uh, you get to do fifteen, and then you might start getting paid, but you might get paid like thirty euro. Right. You know. Yeah. So for some people, I mean, it's not. It you might be like kind of breaking even, I suppose. Uh, it probably took me a few years before I would actually have said I'm a stand-up comedian. I would have maybe progressed into I do stand-up comedy and then I would have started to say I am a stand-up comedian. But it takes a, like, takes a while, definitely. Yeah. Even when you start getting paid, you're still like, don't want to say it yet. Yeah, like it's, a, it's not just the money. There's a question of confidence, isn't there? Yeah. 
or that that's what that's what you're actually calling yourself. Like obviously, yeah. loads of comedians now who are comedians have full time jobs because like it's Ireland, and you know they want to live independently from their parents or whatever. So they'll often have other jobs. But uh, yeah, I suppose you'd want you'd want to be at a point where you're saying I'm a comedian and no one's going to go, are you? Like what? I didn't if you, know. If you had a if you had another job, if you had bombed that night, yeah, the battle of the axe, yeah, uh, and, had job. and they hadn't booed you off stage, but they'd given you a polite round of applause, mm. no rubber duck, and you went, yeah, it's probably not for me. So, what would you be doing? Oh, I don't know. It's probably some, um, like operations admin or something. Probably oh, one of those sexy. people. Yeah, that's great. Who would change jobs every eight months? You know. Yeah. Because I had lots of jobs. So I think, I don't think I ever would have really gotten into a career. I would have always tried to get into some sort of, I mean, even, even at a push, if it was like doing drama with kids. Oh. Do you know, but like, oh. where I live vicariously real through the kids. Bot- real bottom of the barrel stuff. <laughs> You know, one of those drama teachers that's only really dying for a <laughs> yeah, child. Yeah, listening to, get sick. to this now, yeah. So they can no, but so they can step into the role. Oh yeah, you know. give me that beard. I know that line yeah, from Joseph. Yeah. That would have been that would have been me. I don't think I ever would have let go of it. Oh well, listen. Thankfully, it didn't because I uh, mentioned the Graham Norton show that's coming up on Prime Beyond the Pale Music and Arts Festival, yeah. June sixteenth to eighteenth in Glendalough. And if people just Google it, uh, they'll find all the details there. Emma Doran, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.